So even for us, there is a sense in which in order to understand something of the glory of the redemption that has been accomplished for us, we, we, we are people with scars. Mm. We, we are mm. people who, who bear the marks of suffering uh, for God's glory. Um, and so it's not something to get away from mm. and mm-hmm. to kind of hide in a back closet somewhere, uh, whatever trials that we faced. No, it, it becomes a part of who we are. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello, and welcome to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. And we have Devin Coughlin returning to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. Woo-hoo! Glad to be here. Now, those of you who are familiar with Soundless Doctrine podcast know that Devin is not just a guest. He's my son. Yes. <laughs> one thing. Uh, but also, he is uh, plays a major role in Sovereign Grace music. And that's, I think, probably how most people would know you, uh, at least who listening are podcast, listening to this podcast. Likely. Yeah. They've seen your face singing our songs. Yeah. So you... Maybe heard my voice singing Maybe. the songs as well. <laughs> We try to include both. Your same deep, time. low voice. Some people watch it silently, though. Um, you're a leader in Sovereign Grace music, a teacher, a musician, songwriter at times, although you need to write more songs. It's been a little while. It's been a little while. I know. We, we thought it would be helpful to take a podcast and just talk about how you got here mm-hmm. and what uh, what is going on in your life, what you do outside of Sovereign Grace music, because this is not your primary job. This is not my day job. Uh, so also, God has been doing some major things in the last year, yeah. and uh, we thought it would really serve our listeners, especially those of you who are finding things, uh, finding that life isn't going quite like you expected. <laughs> uh, yep. So that's been your story. So let's start with how did you end up y- y- doing this? I mean, yeah, how did you? Tell us your story, Devin. I'm, I'm going to go through a, a period of time pretty fast uh, to get to more more recent, uh, the more recent yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but growing up as your son, growing up as a pastor's a kid, life uh, I also have an older mm-hmm. brother who has desired to be in ministry, desired to be in ministry from uh, a younger age. Um, ministry was all I knew, and as the Lord saved me in high school, I really didn't have a desire to be in ministry, yes. happy to serve the church, mm-hmm. uh, but looked around and saw that the the church is really uh, built on faithful men uh, living out the call of God on their lives by providing for their families, supporting the church, serving. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm okay being that guy. So I went to business school, I went into sales, and uh, had, had a business career uh, lined up that I was uh, moving forward in and uh, doing very well in the Lord was very kind during those years. And uh, unexpectedly, the Lord in 2012, I was on a business trip, uh, just gave me a very clear sense that uh, you're supposed to be serving the church in a, in, a, in a more purposeful way than you are right now. Mm. The details of that, I think, are significant. You're in Dubai yeah. on, a, on a business trip and yeah, so I was there for eight days, and I spent one day with uh, Redeemer Dubai, a church that's uh, planted there, and uh, spent spent some time with their uh, worship team and did a little bit of teaching, interacting with them. And business-wise, the trip was fine. It was great, but it was on that flight home, just sitting there thinking, that's what God made me to, made me to do. Wow. Uh, so great. 
And so came back, and within a couple months, the Lord had uh, very clearly opened doors for uh, me and my wife, and at that time our three kids, to uh, move to Louisville, Kentucky to go to Southern Seminary and pursue my MDiv, um, and then serve as well by leading a chapel, and, and they had me start a uh, band called the Norton Hall Band. And uh, it, was a, it was a sweet season, but a brief season, and one that I knew was going to be a transitional yeah. season, hmm. preparing me for whatever the Lord had next. Hmm. Uh, the Lord in, again, I mean, just un- unusual ways, um, led us to return to Maryland in 2015 uh, to be a part of Grace Church, which was a, church, a sovereign grace church that was planted at the beginning of 2014 and uh, was meeting in elementary school, planted yeah. by a guy, uh, Larry Malament, who is a day older than you are. He is. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, for those of you who are like in the process of trying to figure out what the Lord's doing, I remember that season, you're about to graduate from seminary. We had no idea what you were going to do. Yeah. Well, and I would say uh, coming back from Dubai, it was a very similar, wow, the Lord is doing something and I have no idea what's next. Yeah. And then two and a half years later, I'm facing a similar circumstance. No idea what's next. And, Interviewing different churches, maybe this Yeah, state, and just, and, and uh, rustling the leaves. Let's say, uh, just <laughs> Never seeing, uh, seeing what the Lord might have. Um, and so we would, me and my wife would sit down and we would be praying and we'd be talking and, and thinking about, all right, what, what could be next? And if, if option A could be a possibility, what would be the next step we should take to ex- explore if that's what the Lord has, if that's God's will for us. So we'd take one step and we took some of those steps and it was very clear right away that's not what the Lord has. Hmm. And so a door closed was an answered prayer. Um, for and, sure. and I mean, in those circumstances, you, really, you're just looking for one, one open door. You only need one. <laughs> and, uh, and, but we can lose sight of that in the moment where it just can seem like, man, am I even doing what God wants me to do when it's just all I encounter are closed doors everywhere. Hmm. Uh, but that's just oftentimes the Lord's way of making our steps clear. And yeah. making us dependent on him. And making us dependent on him, And Absolutely. you were, both you and Christine had faith that God was going to show you something, but you were being faithful yeah. to pursue possibilities, but you knew God was going to open a door, and that door he opened was Larry emailing. Yeah, yeah and, and so through both from 2012 uh, through 2015, what the Lord was, uh, I think, uh, continuing to, to solidify in me was a... Uh, desire to serve the local church. Um, and so I had this opportunity to serve in Sovereign Grace Music, and I had been doing that in different in different ways for several years. Um, but what I wanted to do was see the Word of God dwell in people richly as God uh, builds His people into a dwelling place for Himself by yes. the Spirit. Mm. Uh, and wanted to participate in that, wanted to proclaim the gospel in that context, wanted to see God's Word and His gospel make a difference in the lives of people. Um, as they're transformed into his image. And mm-hmm. so that was my heart and desire. And so there were opportunities to pursue, uh, let's say, a more music-centered um, a path of ministry. Uh, you could have been a worship leader at a, at a church. Right. Yeah. I, I wanted to... The, uh, there was just not the peace with that that I had with... Mm-hmm. I just want to learn to be a pastor and serve as a pastor somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the, I love the music side of it, and that's great, but that's not what... I'm in it for. Yeah. Um, and I remember you asked me one at one point if, uh, it, like, I can't, I'm trying to remember how you framed the question, but it was something like if the music went away, uh, would you still want to be in ministry? Um, 
And it was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not in yeah. it for the music. And, uh, but the music is a wonderful gift, but that's not the end all be all. Um, I'll often ask guys, which, which can you do without? If you only had one, and I'll, this is a question I asked you, yep. if you only had one, you know, you're going to do all music. Will you be okay with that? Or you're going to do all preaching, counseling, caring for shepherding people's souls. Would you be okay with that? No music? That tends to bring some clarity. Yep. And I uh, think helpful. you were saying. It definitely brought clarity. Yeah. For me, it was an easy answer. <laughs> Uh, so the Lord, uh, led me to Grace Church. Um, Larry Mallet planted this church, uh, at the time, probably around 60 or 70 members. And, uh, he was serving as a solo pastor in his early sixties and, or right around 60. Um, and as we, we, my wife and I took a trip out to Maryland, having no intention of landing in Maryland. This was Easter weekend of 2015 and went to Grace Church on, Easter Sunday. And on our way, my wife, Christine asked, I mean, are you going to talk to Larry about maybe coming out here? And I said, no, no, I'm not going to. I don't, I, I'm, I'm happy not to be in Maryland. And, uh, and so then that's after, where we had been for the last, that's where I essentially yeah. grown up. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we, after the service, I'm, I'm talking to Larry afterwards. He came over asking me what's next. He knew I was finished up my, my master's and, uh, uh, and then he kind of got all awkward and you, th- do you think maybe you'd consider? And I said, we can talk about me coming out here. Um, which was surprising to me to say it. <laughs> and I think surprising to him that I said it. Uh, and so we had lunch, I think it was that, uh, Tuesday, two days later. And, um, and as we sat together and he just talked about his heart for ministering God's word to God's people mm. in simple and, and radically ordinary ways as God does his work through his spirit. Uh, the Lord really knit our hearts together and, and I was driving, we were driving home to Louisville, um, that afternoon. And I remember telling, telling Christine, I remember we were just getting on to 79 South and going through West Virginia and just saying, I mean, driving out, I could not imagine being in Maryland driving back. I can't imagine being anywhere else. Um, and it was, it was really wild. And, uh, so there were still steps that we needed to go through in order to see that come to fruition, but the Lord had just given us such peace and faith for that, mm. um, the opportunity to serve alongside and be mentored by uh, someone who'd been in ministry as long as I'd been alive, um, the opportunity to serve a a small context, to have opportunities to preach, lead the singing, and uh, and <laughs> disciple people. It was just, why would we not not want to be here? And the cool one of the cool things about that was that Larry and I started serving together the year you were born yeah yeah you served at the same church wow. yeah. yeah in virginia which is wild um, we together for six years so uh wow. so the lord a couple months later uh we made the move to maryland and served at grace church and people would ask me uh what i what my role was and i would just say i was the other pastor um <laughs> And they're like, oh, no, what do you like? What do you do? Well, I'm just the other pastor. Uh, Larry's the senior pastor, and I'm the other pastor. Um, so that's what I do. <laughs> I do the other things. That's great. Uh, yeah, that's, and that's what you did. So, uh, I, in in my role as the other pastor, um, I plan Sundays and uh, done pastoral care, and I, I preached about once a month or so, and um, often led the singing, and uh, just cared cared for God's people and reached out to my neighbors. Um, and so that's, that's how things were, uh, from 2015. Uh, and 
from the get-go, Larry had a desire. He was thinking about the future and had a desire to, at some point in the future, uh, transition leadership in the church uh, to a younger man, and he was hoping that would be me. Um, and he, I mean, he told me that from the get-go, probably that first lunch uh, on that Tuesday in April of 15, that this is what I'm looking for. Mm. Um, and the that idea was a little bit, uh, I mean, it was it didn't really do anything to me. It wasn't like, oh yeah, that's what I want to do, uh, lead the church. Uh, but it was a a category, a seed that was planted. Then, um, every couple years or so, Larry would bring it back up, and as maybe I, it became like every couple months, he'd kind of bring it up, and hey, like we should start talking and thinking about transition and what that might look like, the timing of that. Um, and, uh, and he would, he would say things like, I mean, and, and when, when we make this transition, I just wanted to be so seamless for everybody mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, like, uh, it's like, of course, Devin's leading now. Um, mm-hmm. and we had this uh, desire to serve together, uh, after, after that transition of leadership. Um, and you see the value of, of multi-generation, generational ministry. Yes. Uh, we, we cared a great deal about that on, uh, for both of us. Um, it took a ton of humility on his part. Yes. Um, as he brought me into leading the church. And as time went on, I would tell people that I, I love our current setup because I have all the benefits of leading the church without any of the responsibility of leading the church. <laughs> uh, and so, I mean, when, when s- some punch had to be taken or some hard decision had to be made, Hey, Larry, you're the lead pastor. <laughs> this is on you, man. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's an incredible, it shows his heart, uh, like you said, his humility, but just that he wouldn't white knuckle that. Oh, uh, it was remarkable. Role, yeah. you know, at the end uh, yeah, of re- his ministry. Remarkable humility, remarkable uh, grace and kindness uh, to me. I mean, it's just what he showed consistently and yeah. support. And I mean, and willingness to, uh, in a sense, take punches on my behalf. I mean, if, if we mm-hmm. made a decision or we're leading through something that, uh, I mean, when when you're a pastor, there are some times where you do make decisions or lead people in a direction that they're they don't realize that they should go. That can be hard. And mm-hmm. he was all about uh, leading, le- letting me lead through those, and then taking all of the flack for it if there was any. Wow. Um, wow. Which is so so generous uh, yeah. in his yep. uh, in his leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, so as time went on, we we I I had been working on my PhD. That was one of the things that that I did when I came and finished in in 2020. Uh, and so we got to a point. Oh, and then and then COVID came around, and so that kind of brought things to a little bit more of a, a stagnant point, let's say, as far as what are we doing in the future? Um, we just want to serve these people well as we lead through this unusual circumstance, unusual season. <laughs> uh, we we had begun to kind of shift towards really uh, preaching wise 50 50 um so we'd, he'd preach a couple sundays i'd preach a couple sundays and uh and and in the summer this past summer summer of 22 um the lord began to put on my heart like all right maybe maybe it is getting close to that time which mm. is something i hadn't felt before huh. uh i was very content to just kind of keep pushing it off um but realizing, no, maybe this is what the Lord has for me, and maybe that time is sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that that happened during that time is the is the Lord brought uh, another older 
older man to come and serve as an elder at our church, John Loftness. Mm. And uh, he he became an elder at our church in, uh, I want to say it was July of 21. July of 21, yeah. And, uh, and so serving Larry and John were best friends. Uh, it was great serving with them. And uh, they were kind of like the... Uh, uh, I can't remember the guys in the in the Muppets, the old guys. That would be our kind of our elders' meetings. And that's sit in the high yeah, tower and there, criticize. Yeah. Oh, be going back and forth, and I'd just be sitting there, I'm like I'm here too, guys. Uh, the uh, it was great, great serving with them. Uh, so it was just a sweet season. Wow. Um, but then the Lord's putting on my heart, like I, maybe maybe now is the time. Mm. Um, so I was able to bring bring John into that uh, in I think August September of 22. And just, and how do how do I walk this out? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we sat down to talk about it, he said, "You know what? I w- I was going to bring this up to you because I think I've been feeling the same way. I think now is probably the time that we s- start to talk about this." And uh, and so Larry had just gone. His his dad had died in August, uh, so he'd spent time in in uh, Charlotte with family, and then him and his wife uh, Marilyn took a, a trip to the UK together in September. So there was an extended period where where he wasn't as present. Um, and then, uh, towards the end of that time. So in September he came back and I was asking, we had lunch together, just Larry and I, and, uh, asking about his trip to England. And he talked about getting together with a friend and saying, yeah, I, um, this guy had asked him about what are you thinking as far as transition? And he knew the situation at Grace church and, and Larry had told this guy, Larry's telling me this. He said, yeah, I told him, I'm just waiting on Devin to tell me he's ready. And I was like, okay. Uh, so that happened. And then a, a, uh, then the next week, uh, shockingly, a um, member of our church uh, died at work, a 45-year-old guy, uh, three kids, and dear member of our church. Um, and... Larry's dad's funeral was had been that week. It was it had been pushed back, and and so it was. I had this opportunity to lead through the funeral and care for this family, um, mm. and the Lord was showing us a lot as a church uh, as we as we grieved together, um, as we uh, trusted that gave a defense for the hope that we had yes. uh, in the midst of suffering, um, and so that I mean that first Sunday after. Uh, my friend Brian had died. Um, I had the opportunity to to preach, and I preached from Lamentations three, and mm. uh, how it, I mean, even even in the midst of our anguish, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases; His mercies come to never come to yes. an end. They're new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. It's remarkable. I just read Lamentations not too long ago. How it's just surrounded by pain, anguish. Mm. Mothers eating their children, uh, yeah. it, you know, it's just it's just the worst scene possible. But those verses in Lamentations three, they shine with such power and force, yeah. and it's just so mm-hmm. helpful to realize that they come in the midst yeah. of Jerusalem being ransacked, yeah. and that's yeah, that's, right, right at the right at the heart wow. of Lamentations is this shining light yeah. of hope uh, mm-hmm. in the in the midst of of grief and torment um so they were those were heavy heavy days uh brian died on september 26th um it was on a monday and uh about a week and a half later larry and i had gotten together again for lunch um 
and it was a Tuesday. We got together at, at uh, a place I enjoy going to, Black Hawk Barbecue. And uh, <laughs> thanks for that detail. Yeah, it was an important detail. Is that uh, in Urbana? Is that, it was in Urbana. No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're there, yeah, check go. that out. Uh, there. Larry and I ate there often. Uh, we're there sitting, sit down together, and um, uh, at towards the tail end of lunch, I told him, you know, like you you had said, I'm just waiting on on Devin to be ready. You had told your friend that, and uh, I think that's where the Lord's put me and talked about what I'd walked through this past summer, um, and just what the Lord had been doing in my heart, giving me faith to to make this transition. Mm. And uh, and we had a good conversation. Um, so was he ready? It was time? so so this is this is what was interesting in that in that conversation. It was uh, I was aware one of his his love for me and his faith in God, uh, but also aware and and having the front row seat to uh, someone aging in ministry, uh, hmm. let's say and and so there can be as you get older there can be this uh, struggle with I think identity and kind of all right, like. Who am I, and what what does it mean to be um, a Christian, uh, a husband, a pastor, um, as seasons change, mm-hmm. and uh, and so just uh, in talking to him at that lunch, could I and I knew it going into this conversation, could feel the turmoil with that, and it was mm-hmm. one I mean full of faith for yes, like this probably is the time, uh, but then also I just knew like I want to care for him well, and this, it's a hard thing. Um, like maybe I want to let go of the reins, but maybe not just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but uh, I mean, but it's still a leaning in, not a, yes. not a resistance. This is the direction he'd been leading since he planted the church. Yes. Um, and so I told my wife that night, uh, I just said, you know, we had a great conversation and, and even as Larry and I left lunch that day, just, I mean, communicating our love for one another, affection for one another, joy t- to serve together. Uh, and I mean, just that was a regular, I mean, pastor's meeting, just how kind of the Lord that we get to serve together. Mm-hmm. Um, what a gift it is. And uh, and may that be true of any pastors amen. who are listening. Great, pastoral yeah. teams. I can say that about my pastoral team. Yeah. And it is a joy to work with people. Yeah, I mean, we are, we are just uh, surrounded by gifts, yes. um, gifts of grace. And uh, and one of those is, is those relationships that we have with co-laborers. And, uh, that night I told Christine, I said, yeah, like, it was great. Uh, but I do think that it's, it, it might be a, a longer and harder transition than, than I would want it to be. Um, but I'm in, I'm at peace with that. I'm in faith for that. Um, and so that was, that was on Tuesday, uh, Saturday, we're getting ready to go to Saturday, October 15th, 2022. We're getting ready to go to a wedding of, uh, the daughter of, of, a member of our church and uh in the car head out uh larry lived about a, a, a third of a mile away from me and there's a roundabout kind of between my house and his house and uh we stopped at the roundabout an ambulance goes by and we keep going five minutes later we get a call uh from john's wife nancy saying that we're on our way to larry's house uh seems like larry's had a heart attack and uh i just want to let you know so we had two of our, our, our two daughters with us. We dropped them off with some friends and turned right around and headed to the hospital um, where they were taking Larry. And uh, Larry died that afternoon. And mm-hmm. uh, I had the opportunity to be with, uh, with Marilyn, his wife, mm-hmm. and John and Nancy, and my wife, Christine, and pray together. 
um, and to be with Larry. And, uh, I mean, it was, uh, uh, certainly a moment I will never forget. Um, mm -hmm. and there was, I, I mean, such, such a, a weight of grief and sorrow, uh, I mean, on top of what you had already experienced the last uh, couple uh, weeks. Yeah, yeah. We can have go. And then, yeah. and then, and what a gift for me, I mean, to be serving with John and I mean, just God's providence in bringing John here's someone who ha he's been through hardship in ministry. And, and so, I mean, in the midst of seeing his best friend die, able to lead me in thinking about, we, we also have a church to care for, um, in this. And, uh, I mean, starting to think through how are we going to do that? I mean, so as we're personally grieving, um, beginning to think about that, this is on a Saturday afternoon and we've got a, a service planned and, um, we're ready to go for Sunday and, uh, all of that's, we're holding it all with an open hand. Um, so it was a, a it was a, I mean, as you can imagine, an emotionally draining, oh, uh, afternoon, evening, uh, we went to, went to Larry and Marilyn's house, uh, with a, a small group of us and, um, prayed with her and read scripture together and shared memories and cried together. And, uh, at, at John and I went down to Larry's study at his house, um, and Larry had been preparing to preach. Um, he was going to be preaching the following week in Matthew, and his Bible was open, though, to First uh, Timothy. Um, and was it First Timothy? I'm going to... Yeah, no, it was. It was first... His Bible was open to First Timothy 3 and 4. Hmm. And so... Had just uh, is it First Timothy three and four? I'm I'm totally botching this because it's so good. <laughs> what does it say? Um, uh, it's about the crown. Is it Second Timothy? Yeah, crown reserved for me. Yes, yeah, Second Timothy three and four. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yep. It's Bible is open Second Timothy three and four. And uh, and so as I I was in his study. I mean, a place that I'd spent many, many, many hours. His Bible was open on his desk, um, and I, my my eyes were drawn to Second uh, mm. Timothy four, six. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight. I've mm. finished the race. I've kept the faith. Mm. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. And so, I mean, I, wow. you, you, perhaps Larry read that that day, perhaps he didn't, <laughs> uh, in preparing for Matthew, it's, he was probably in, in second Timothy three. Uh, but just the encouragement that that was to see that on his desk in, I mean, this moment of, uh, just heavy, heavy grief, mm. um, such an encouragement and, uh, sitting there with John and just, I mean, what, how, how do we lead God's people tomorrow? Yes. And uh, what do we communicate to them? And um, so we, we, I mean, I, I planned the, planned the service and I, I uh, started with a uh, call to worship from Lamentations 3. Hmm. Um, and, and had you preached that the previous week? Or a week, two weeks you before? actually, you came out and preached the Sunday before. Oh, that's right. The Sunday I between was, these. We were there, yeah. And, uh, you know, so it was the week before, it was two weeks before that I preached Lamentations 3. And so... Uh, Sunday morning, um, we uh, gather together 
And I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a church that's grieving. And we had, we had let everybody know in the church, uh, that Larry died. And, uh, but I mean, the, there was such a desire to grieve together. Yes. Um, and people falling into each other's arms in tears. Um, and this is a, a church that's closely knit together and Larry is in, invested much in. And, uh, I mean, I mean, we were just, yeah, tear stained. Um, and just before 10.30, when our service begins, uh, Marilyn, Larry's wife, walks in. Mm. And just, I mean, a hush. Amidst the tears, just a hush mm -hmm. uh, comes over the entire congregation. And she not only comes in, but she makes her way up to the front row where her and Larry always sat together. Incredible. And, uh, and I'm... I'm at the at the uh pulpit uh leading call to worship um wow. and i i'm still shocked i was certainly emotional but still shocked i got got through it god gave me grace to get through that uh but opened up uh opened up the service by by reminding people i said uh, two weeks ago uh this i i stood here and and this is how i began my sermon and uh, I read the first couple paragraphs of my of my sermon where we are people who are beaten down, we are perplexed, we are heavy-hearted, uh, burdened by grief, weighed down by sorrow. But we stand here as people with hope yeah. um, in the midst yeah. of our grief. Amen. And uh, I read from, from Lamentations 3, uh, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. And, 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 and Marilyn is there, yeah. Her, whose husband yeah. has died. I mean, sixteen hours before. Um, and I mean, I've talked talked to her since then, and and she would just articulate there was nowhere else I wanted to be. There was nowhere else I could be hmm. uh, than with God's people. I mean, in the midst of unimaginable sorrow, hmm. um, in the midst of the 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 sharpest grief that you could experience, it's it's I need to built into the hope and reminded of the hope that I have in mm. God and, and the, the unfailing promises of God. Mm. Um, and so uh, by God's grace, I think we might've talked about this in the podcast before, but, but we had songs to sing and they yes. weren't, they weren't songs that we'd never sung before. Yes. Uh, we had truth to proclaim. Right. Um, You're not coming up with a whole bank of songs you've never sung to finally help you deal with grief now that you're experiencing it. Yeah. You were singing those songs already yeah, well because there are always people in your congregation who are grieving. Yeah. And if we are not grieving, we can empathize, sympathize with those who are grieving and know that one day we too will be grieving. So these are good songs to have. Yeah, yeah and so we want this truth, I mean, just resonating with us all the time mm -hmm. uh, because we don't know I mean uh, that that Saturday afternoon in October. I'm not thinking that uh, the next, however however long you want to say that next 24 hours, next month, next two months are going to be some of the most sh shocking and difficult uh, days I'm ever going to walk through. Um, now, I'm not thinking that, but rarely do any. Of us yeah, we shouldn't, that. and we shouldn't walk around <laughs> thinking that. No, absolutely. But we want our minds filled with truth. Yes. Uh, that mm -hmm. are, that's going to sustain us, mm -hmm. uh, in those moments. And so, mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it, it, and to experience being with a congregation who was just 
just hanging on every single word that we sung hmm. and prayed and was preached. Um, uh, it was, I mean, it just, it was remarkable. Um, but it's just, I mean, ev- everything we, we sing, uh, what is our hope in life and death? Mm. <laughs> Christ alone. Christ alone. And, and we mean it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because we're staring death in the faith face. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it was a, it was a, again, a, a grief filled, but such a precious morning. Mm. Um, and, and we continue to experience just that grace. Mm. Um, and so, uh, a week or two later, uh, I shared with the church, just kind of the story of Larry bringing me there and the conversations that mm. we've been having. Um, cause a lot of people are wondering, right, where do we go from here? I was wondering, where do we go from here? I remember sitting there, I remember sitting in my family room on Sunday night and, uh, sun, the Sunday after Larry dies and just realizing like, what do I do? <laughs> I mean, like, do I just like change the website and make myself the senior pastor? Like, what do you, like, what do you, what do you do in these moments? And, uh, and, and I also had, uh, our, our, administrator Nora she she sent she sent me a list of just kind of all the things that need to be done and so Larry planted the church and so the the church address and and articles of incorporation like all this legal stuff mm. like all are wrapped up in him wow and so it's overwhelming mm. i sit down with john monday morning and he says hey give me all that stuff and he's like wow. i like I, god has brought me here to support you in this season and um help you through the season. And I mean, just again, what a gift and, and amidst yes. heavy, heavy mm. sorrow. Yes. Uh, what a, what a kindness of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so you see that the Lord orchestrated those things. The Lord brought John there for this season. Uh, and, uh, so kind of Lord. So you see, his, see his, his merciful hand just all over the place. Um, so all that to say <laughs> the last, uh, I guess it's now been about nine months as we sit here in July uh, of 23. They've been some of the most m- most heavy and, and yes. grief-filled uh, days of my life so far. Um, but they've also been some of the most joy-filled days of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it is such a... I, it's, I, it's hard to explain and, and kind of put into words um, what that's been like. Mm-hmm. But... I would never, ever choose these circumstances. Uh, Larry was one of, not only was he a co-laborer, he was one of my closest friends. Mm, and yes. um, I would never choose those circumstances. Yet, I'm so grateful to God for these circumstances mm. because I was uh, just reading in Joshua the other day and uh, as as they're heading into the promised land, uh, it, I'm, Joshua tells tells the people, uh, not one word of all the mm. good promises that the Lord has made to the house of Israel had failed. Mm. All came to pass. And amidst sorrow and amidst the unexpected trials of life, I've seen that to be true. Yes. Not one one word that God has spoken has failed. All it, have come to pass. And it can feel like in that moment, oh, no, Lord, you, a lot of your promises have failed. The wheels have come off. Yes. Lord, where are you? My world's upside down. Yeah. You don't seem to be anywhere involved at all. It's all up to me. And mm-hmm. and those thoughts will drive us to despair. Yeah. yeah. They'll drive us to, to grief that is inconsolable. But what I so appreciate about what you're sharing, Devin, is 
just the the specific way, the intentional way you ran to God as your refuge. Yeah. I mean, in the day, you, you're just talking about you lost your best friend or one of your best friends. You you lost your co-pastor. You, you lost your mentor. Uh, your schedule was blown out of the water. Uh, you, you've, uh, yeah, just everything changes in a moment. And where you run to in those moments determines what you've been putting your hope in all the time. Yeah, well said. So just yep. the the way, and, and also with the church, the way you you train the church. And I love that, as we've said so many times, we, we're we not just singing songs. We're preparing people to live and to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you have been training your church to live well, to die well, mm-hmm. to experience success well, to experience grief well. And God used all that in that moment to not only serve the church, but to bring glory to his name. Amen. It Thank makes you. me it, yeah. it makes me think of uh, that verse, Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of man plans his way, yeah. but the Lord establishes his steps. Yeah. And you know, a lot of what we do in ministry is is think about how we how can we avoid failing? How can we avoid being stupid? How can we avoid sinning? How can we serve people well? And so we put all these efforts into planning, which is right. The, the noble man makes noble plans. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're supposed to be faithful, but we cannot predict or know what God's purposes are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your, your story is just such a, a great example of that. Everything's going great. We're talking about the planning. You know, maybe we'll get this done in a couple of years. And the Lord says, "No, this Saturday, I'm I'm changing yeah. everything, and I'm I'm doing what I want to do." Well, and it's changing everything the way I see it, but the way God sees it, He's doing the things that He's promised to do and continuing to do them. And yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that just as as I, I get more distance from. October 15th is just, you see uh, every, every promise of God yeah. proves true and his word never fails. And so he says he's going to build his church and he continues to build his church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, and so that's what really this is about. And so God, God has, has redeemed this people who he's brought together in, uh, in, in Maryland as grace church. And he, purposes to to build them together and these are the circumstances that he's chosen to do that mm. um and he's going to continue to do that until he returns mm. i mean not yeah. necessarily grace church is going to be preserved lord willing it will be but uh his people will be yes mm. and that's what he's about and that's what he does um you had mentioned earlier just uh as as for me in those times of transition where it's like what the lord wants is your heart he wants you to depend yes. on him mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same with every circumstances of our life, every circumstance of our life. He wants us to find our hope and uh, our joy, all our reliance on him, uh, not in ourselves mm-hmm. um, and our abilities and what we might do and what we might plan. doesn't mean we don't plan, right? but that's not our hope. Yeah, Our hope is in him and what he has promised to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is the, the undefeated Savior, yes, and yes. Uh, undefeated King, Savior. Um, and what a privilege it is to be able to participate in that. Yes, uh, as we 
find our life in him. What are what are some of the things? I know this we're going long on this, but I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, what are as you look back? Well, first let me say, finding that God's purposes are bigger than ours in every circumstance d- doesn't mean that um, death is good mm-hmm. or that we don't grieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like death is still evil. Death is still a result of the fall. It's a curse. It's not. Now God uses it. He redeems it. I mean, that's what Jesus came to do. Um, and I love the passage in Acts 4 where it talks about um, they're praying and they say, um, you know, in this holy city, we're gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Mm. That just blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. So God... God uses our fallenness, the evil in the world, but it is still evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not, we don't pray for people to die unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. We pray for them to get healed, mm-hmm. pray for God to protect them. Uh, but in the midst of it all, as you were just saying, God wants our hearts, He wants our affections, He wants our dependence, He wants our trust and faith. So I want to ask you, what? how have you seen your faith grow in the last nine months? How, how have you seen God's good hand in the last nine months? What, what, what ways have you seen God work through this tragedy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think one of the things that's always struck me about this is as I go back and, and think about the story, you see God going before us. And so, in in the and so when, in in whatever I go through in life, God, He goes before me, mm. and is uh, sovereignly over the circumstances of His people, uh, working them or for all people, working them for His glory, mm. um, and and so I see that. Uh, but not only does He go before us, He goes with us. And, mm. and so it's not a, um, uh, yeah, I mean, not an abandonment to the, the circumstances of our lives, but, but he's present with us yeah. in these things. And he is the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction. And so mm-hmm. seeing that and experiencing that, uh, has been such a joy seeing and experiencing, and this, I think sounds weird, but the joy of grieving together, um, mm. And the joy of suffering together, and uh, which is, I mean, seems like such an oxymoron. Yes. Uh, where it's like, really? I mean, joy and grief. Uh, but God has, he saves individuals to be a part of a people, to be joined together into a body. And that body is, is meant to be uh, uh, joints of supply to one another, mm-hmm. means of grace to yes. one another. Um, and so seeing that and experiencing that. Don't isolate yourself in your grief. Yes. Yeah, if you're listening absolutely. to this and you are grieving, don't mm-hmm. isolate yourself. What, what Devin's saying is God intends us to grieve together. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, the, that's the church. That's mm-hmm. what we're, we're called to do. Um, and which is why I think you see the, the church that's persecuted often flourish. Uh, because mm-hmm. it, uh, when, when people are driven to one another, uh, yes. like persecution comes and it's meant to drive people apart. But within the body of Christ, it doesn't drive them apart. Right. Um, 
and uh, and that's because of the power of Christ in us. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are a, a couple of lessons that that jump right out. I mean, I uh-huh. and I think uh, another thing, I guess, another another um, area that that I've just been struck by through this season is not uh, shying away from history and story. Um, when the the Sunday that I was installed as the lead pastor, I I preached from First Corinthians fifteen, and uh, talked about talked to the church about we want to be a people who remembers, mm-hmm. and so we remember both what we have heard in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we remember who we are, um, and who God has saved us to be, and uh, and so being a people who remembers means that we are a people with a with a story, and mm-hmm. that's that story is is rooted and anchored in Jesus Christ, yes. and His life and death and resurrection yes. and ascension, uh, but. God has also been at work from uh, from the beginning of the church, saving and redeeming a people for His for His glory, and we're we're a part of that. Yes. Um, yep. And that also means, though, that I don't need to shy away from even our our history as a church or mm-hmm. uh, the the scars that we have. And you you see this in. Um, even in the ascended Christ, I mean, he bears yes. the the marks of the cross, mm-hmm. um, and in his glorified body, he bears those marks. And so, even for us, there is a sense in which, in order to, uh, I think, understand something of the glory of the redemption that has been accomplished for us, we 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 are people with scars. Mm. We, we are mm. people who who bear the marks of suffering. Uh, for God's glory, um, and so it's not something to get away from mm. and mm-hmm. to kind of hide in a back closet somewhere. Uh, whatever trials that we faced, you no, know, it it becomes a part of who we are, mm. uh, and it becomes a part of who we are, so that we might depend more fully on God, right. uh, that we might see His promises to be more sure, uh, and that we might glory in the the salvation that's been won for us be more amen. astonished at the grace of god mm-hmm. amen his strength is is perfected in our weakness mm-hmm. amen we don't like to be weak we don't like to be grieving we don't like to be inadequate but that's how jesus is shown to be a great savior yeah. mm-hmm. if we we can't look great and have jesus look great at the same time yeah and i i just want to thank you Dave. I re- yes i respect you so much and uh, you know, one of the things this uh, losing Larry has 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 shown many things, but um, just shown what God has done in your life, and that you were prepared for that. And if uh, for those who are wondering, Marilyn's doing well. Oh, by God's grace, yes, uh, she's <laughs> yeah. been actually quite. She was prepared as well. Mm. She was prepared for the unprepared. She was expecting mm. the unexpected. Um, yeah, that the grace and. Uh, love for the Lord in her life has just been so, so evident in the midst of deep grief. Amazing. And I think it, it bears worth stating, uh, if you are in a place of heavy grief and sorrow, you have a God-given opportunity to serve those around you as mm. you hope in the promises of God in the midst of that sorrow. Mm. Um, and so even even as you might feel like your world has fallen apart, which in it probably has, may not be an overstatement. God still wants to use you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he still has things for you to do. And, and I've, I've told Marilyn this, uh, I mean, her response to Larry's death um, that Sunday morning 
and in the months after that, uh, has has I think taught our church more than mm. any sermon that I will ever preach. Right. Probably yeah. every sermon that I will ever preach. <laughs> right. Uh, because she has sh- shown uh, the the faithfulness of God mm-hmm. through the way she's responded. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, so as a pastor, what a gift that is. I mean, I, there's not a, I, I, I tell her this whenever I see her, but I mean, that's just, it's, I, it's the greatest gift that somebody could ever give me as a pastor, um, for her to, to so clearly and, and confidently be very honest about her grief and her tears, uh, but place her faith in, in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, and so I've seen God do that in Maryland. And I think if you are in that place of suffering mm. and grief, God wants to do that through you. He can do that through you. Amen. Mm. Well, maybe we should end there. Yes. Thank you, Dev. Respect you. Love you. And uh, we pray this has been an encouragement uh, for those of you who have listened yes. or watched. And uh, we have a great Savior. Yes, we do. Yep. And one day Amen. we'll see him face to face. Can't wait for that. Amen. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for the church from our local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.